0: Hey, Jenna, you legend. Great to see you there too. Um, hey, folks, you know another thing that's coming up tomorrow, tomorrow evening, on, it's going to be on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Instagram. We've got this new thing, new series happening around the church at the moment. It's called A Day in the Life of guess who's first for the day in the life it's me so today they got me filming myself for the day I've been doing this uh, ever since I got up this morning and we're going to film a little bit now because here we are here's part of my day so like hey just here we go I'm filming myself for a day in the life and I'm now preaching to the church Mill Park Baptist Church let's turn it around so we can see all the troops out there hold on how do you do that let's start again now we'll just turn that around and now there you go see there you go look out there's there's Luke and then Paul's over there and the boys are up the back Uh, and so this is a day in the life there you go how's that that's professional quality recording (laughs) you can't wait to see it tomorrow it's going to be well anyway Hey friends, you know when I was a homicide squad detective, Victoria Police Force, because we had a, a statewide responsibility, and you know because you can't usually predict when someone is going to get murdered, or when a person who has been murdered gets found, um, or someone's another thing we we do is the homicide squad is when someone's been shot dead by the police. Because you can't really predict that, I lived in a somewhat unpredictable world. It was only a month or two before we were due to get married in Canada, and Deb was out here in Australia just for a couple of weeks and together we were, we were working on, on painting the house that I had owned for a while and we were going to sell it. We weren't going to live in it once, once we got married, so we are going to sell it. Um, and we came home after a long day, it was a Saturday night, I came home to, uh, to my parents' place, uh, worked at the house all day, exhausted, tired, had dinner and then I fell into bed and it was around it was actually 1 49 a.m. the next morning. My pager went off and the next thing I'm up showered, suited up, <laughs> snuck into Deb's room where she was just to wake her and tell her that I wasn't sure when I'd be home again and a couple hours later I'm on a small charter plane on the way to Albury, Wodonga and my boss and I um, and together with the Victoria Police Duty Assistant Commissioner and the Victorian State Coroner, <laughs> the four of us are on a flight together and the other two members of our homicide crew, they were driving our cars up so we'd have them when we got there. And I was going to be there, like it, it's, it's a minimum of several days for something like that been a fatal police shooting in Wodongos. So much for my plans, you know, Deb's in the country for a couple of weeks. Big plans I had, so did Deb. <laughs> Little did we know. <laughs> you know the feeling, don't you? You know when your day started, you started out the day and you had a list. The best laid plans, they say. The best laid plans of mice and men. Maybe you had one of those days this week. Or or do you know someone like one really impressive young lady I know? Like I really like this girl. She's young. She's she's highly ambitious. She's not self-pretentious or arrogant, um, but she's just quietly driven. She's just a gun. And she's got her whole future mapped out, including her university. She's doing a double degree, her part-time jobs on the way through and her investments. And she, she's already got a really nice car because she's such a good saver of money. Or did you have a day where you turned up, like just say, to a judo class? And you're all set, you're looking forward to the class, but then all of a sudden it's like, man, the goalpost just shifted. It's different than what you thought it was going to be. Check this out. I fear to, I mean, it might be more than just judo for you. You never expected the crash in your small business. You never imagined that that would be the last time you said goodbye. You never foresaw yourself not getting through that that uni degree. Never did think that your marriage would fall apart and no 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 never did you see coronavirus turning your life and your world and your economy and market and freedom and your plans upside down inside out did you you see we're so easily and routinely sucked in to thinking that we're the master of our own destiny But, but really like are we i mean how much how much control do i really have over my own future from the smallest to the largest detail. It's 40 to 50 AD when James is writing to these Jewish people. Now we know that they're already following Jesus. And he's telling them, and we've been seeing it for weeks now, through one picture after another, that he he just doesn't want them fooling themselves, you know, thinking that they're following Jesus, cheerfully confident that they're following Jesus that they've got faith but really they're sadly deluded and so the message of the whole letter you know it don't you it's, it's get real And, and if you're getting real think this through the best laid plans of mice and men in case you're in for a like for a wake-up shock in your in your plans, or, or you know, and you know, changes in plans come swiftly sometimes. Other times, they just gradually erode. Or a rude awakening to what someone else's plans are. Ah, oh, ought to be self-sufficient. Look at this in James chapter four, verse thirteen. Come now, he says. That that is an arousing, urgent interjection in the ancient Greek language it's written in. It's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) So come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town. We'll spend a year there doing business and making money. That right there, that is James identifying who we're talking to right now anyone who makes plans like that you see the plans we they're just normal plans we're we're, going to go here we're going to work we're going to make some money i'm going to start a small business i'm going to take this job i'm going to accept this position i'm going to enroll in this course contingency plans uh, their risk assessments their holiday plans their church plans um, and you know what it's interesting he's not making a comment that there's nothing wrong with the plans nothing wrong with them but it's not just that you make plans you see now James is talking to you here if you make those plans listen carefully this the people he's talking to with any assumption at all whether it's explicit and even arrogant Or more dangerously, if it's just implicit and subtle and if you're not even thinking it through. The assumption is that when I make my plans, they're going to happen. Or or we say something like, you heard this phrase, haven't you? Well, barring any accident, in other words, they're most likely to happen. Whether it's thought out or not, I'll, I'll be making those plans thinking that... You, you, you think deep inside when you make plans like that. What we're really doing is we're thinking, I'm the master of my own destiny. Or like William Ernest Henley said in his classic poem Invictus, he said, I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. You know, if you're planning, you got your plan, haven't you? You're going to pay, pay off your mortgage by the year whatever. You're planning to, you're going to get married. You're going to have a career change. And they're big, aren't they? If you're planning afternoon tea today, jams and scones, if you're planning to go for a walk this afternoon, if you're planning with any assumption that what you're planning is going to happen, you're the person James is talking to. He's talking to me. Look in verse 14. He says, Yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. You think you do, (laughs) but the truth is you don't. You really, really don't. You have often been right before, and that's that, that, that. That's the problem about this: is that we often are right about this. You haven't had that many shocks to your plans before, so you think you do know. But here, the Word of God says, and if you want to look at it, take up and listen. The Word of God says, you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? He asks. For, and here's the truth: the authoritative, powerful, life-defining truth statement that's delivered by God's word. You want to listen to any truth? You listen to one from God's word. For He says, "Here it is: You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes." You see that? See that phrase? Appears for a little while and then vanishes. It's it's in the Greek language, in the present tense. So He's talking about that some, something that happens a lot. It's repeatedly. Keeps happening regularly. You see, here in verse 14, we found out in verse 13 who we're talking to. Now, in verse 14, how naive it really is to make plans like that. Come now, come now. Oh, my dear, my dear friend, you don't think it's naive, do you? It's just natural. You've got runs on the board, you're not bad at making plans. And seeing them work out, you always thought this way, so did I. You've long been a planner. You've got the big whiteboard up in your, in your house and it's got all your lists on it. You love contingency planning. You love, have you heard of SWOT analysis? How naive it really is. Any assumption that you've got that because you plan it, it's going to happen. Gentle reminder you know, contrary to all appearances, even if it has happened almost all your life. Outside of any sense of security you have. And it doesn't matter if it's afternoon tea this afternoon or your life destiny. It's naive in the extreme for you to think or even just to inadvertently assume that you're the captain of your soul. Your life, James says, it's like a mist. And and you've seen a mist, haven't you? A mist that's here today and vanishes tomorrow. It's stark language. I I was running just the other day. You know, um, it was oh, now it was Thursday or Friday. That really cold day we had, and honestly, like it was one of those. Like I was blowing smoke. Like that's how cold it was. That mist here now gone. Your life is like a mist. It's here now and vanishes. It could be all over for you tonight. It could. That, 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 is, not, that is not fear-mongering. It's just helpful, honest reminding. And now, in verse 15, here's, here's a better and safer way to think. It says instead, instead of being naive, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes. Now that, my friend, that's where the phrase, have you heard that phrase, God willing, comes from? Or, or good Lord willing willing that's where that phrase comes from I, I i mean i've heard that phrase for years but i've learned it well from my good friend pastor sammy Caldas, uh, pastor for arabic ministries here at mill park baptist churches i dare you to have a conversation with sammy or get an email or a text from him or be at a meeting with him and see if he doesn't pop that in there somewhere good lord willing Good Lord willing, and when I said, I would dare you to do it, I know it won't happen. Sammy's really made me think about this. If the Lord wishes, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or that. That's a way better and safer way to think. And you get it, don't you? It doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't make plans. You see, that, it, like, it doesn't end up with you not dreaming about fish and chips for dinner tonight that you've already talked about with your family. Or like our, our plans, like our friends here, uh, John and Joe, and, and planning to go to South Asia for some exposure to God's mission in another country. I mean, awesome plans! doesn't mean you dispense with setting goals or, and let alone with working hard towards achieving them. No, but, but you always know. You just always know and you keep on relentlessly reminding yourself so you don't fall prey to forgetting that your life is actually like a mist which is here today and vanishes tomorrow. That it's only if the Lord wishes. Longer you live, the more likely you are to realize that this is true to realize that you 're not the captain of your own soul. I'm in my 50s now, and you know there are things that have happened for me throughout my life, but especially in these last ten years and never But never, but never would I have entertained any possibility of them happening in my life. It's not my plans. I want to ask you this morning, how about how about saying and thinking? God willing. And on the off chance this morning that you're smug and you've got your plans and, and you're, you're not really all that moved and and maybe you're even intellectually aware right now about the mistiness of life, but it's not penetrating to your rationale, to your, to your attitude, to your defining mindset. Well, in verses 16 and 17 here, James talks about how wrong it is to think you're self-sufficient because really that's what it is. It's self-sufficiency. ought <laughs> oh, to be self-sufficient. You're like Mr. Bean while the judo class is just getting started. Like, you're there for a good time. How wrong it is to think you're self-sufficient. Look in verse 16. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. Now, the Greek language says it's in your it's in your vauntings, and that's what it is. Like it's arrogance, it's self sufficiency, it's assuming that you're the captain of your soul, and like trust me, like I know what it's like. I, I'm sure I would have sat there and listened right now to what's being said. I'm sure I would have sat there years ago and there would have been a time when I explicitly said, no, that won't happen to me. Explicitly, yeah, well, I, I will make my plans. And then I might have moved a little bit from explicit to implicit, but, but there was always this assumption in there. And so right now, you could be sitting there listening to that and thinking, yeah, no, that's no, not going to happen to me. I am going to make my plans. I, I, it's assuming that you're the captain of your soul. It's feeling secure in your plans. And here, here right here, it's the definitive blow of God's word, my friends. And it's, it's for you and it's for me. And just remember, when we say it's the definitive blow of God's hand, um, God's, God's instruction is always, but always, for your life and your growth and your healing and for your well-being. It's not for your nervousness or your fear or your accusation or your trepidation or your condemnation. It's never that. It says here, James says, You boast in your arrogance, but, here's the blow, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it commits sin. Now, I mean, that sounds like stating the obvious, doesn't it? You know the rules, you break the rules, it's sin. Well, it's here. You know why? Because this is a bit different to saying don't murder and don't kill. And it's a bit different even to saying don't slander and don't gossip. Because this is saying, don't do something that we all do. And that's completely normal for us. <laughs> yeah. There's probably people running around in our homes right now, wiping off the whiteboard, laughing to themselves. We all do this. That's why he says anyone who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it commits sin. All such boasting is evil. Well, now that you heard that, you see, ignorance is no excuse. Not only is it, I mean, God actually says here, it's actually evil for you to forget the God-willing part. But it's not just evil. It's downright foolish. And that, like, like that means it's, it's dangerous to your health and your future and your family and your plans. Because you think you got it in hand and you haven't. All the bigger shock. <laughs> All the bigger shock. When you have your rude awakening and realize you haven't. How about saying and thinking, God willing? Hey, what's God asking of you? Like, does he want you to throw your best laid plans out? No, 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 no. Not not if they're plans for good things. No. How about this? What about if you start by saying, what about this week? If you just said, well, I'm just going to start saying God willing. Even just a bit. I'm trying to train myself to do this now. Just a bit. Like, like don't say it. Just pick where you say it. Because some people, if if they hear you say that, and maybe they're not following Jesus, they're going to think you're a Fruit Loop, yeah. And there's no real, like, there's no necessity for them to think you're a Fruit Loop about that. So don't. I wouldn't do that. But what about around each other here in our church family, and and in our families, in our homes, and even you know when you're writing things down, maybe in your journal just to start acknowledging. God willing. Good Lord willing. Try saying it just once in a while. See what it does to your understanding. (laughs) How about saying and thinking? God willing. And then just saying, well, I'm going to consciously hold my plans, quote unquote, loosely. Sure, like, Make your plans. i got my plans. I've already written down this morning what my plans are this afternoon. Like I, I, I plan from here I'm going to go home. Uh, we're going to have lunch as a family. I'm going to spend the afternoon um, doing what, what I call administration work for Mill Park Baptist, you know, phone calls and emails. And then somewhere around 5 o'clock I plan to go for a run. Um, I've planned, I, I know which course I'm going to run this afternoon. I've got some different ones. I, I know which one I'm going to run. And then I've got dinner with the family and I'll be relaxing tonight, watching Netflix or TV with the family. i got my plans. But, but in your mind and in your thoughts, and whenever other people are, are part of your plans or affected by them, just start Telling yourself to hold them loosely because that could all change what I just told you. It could all change in a heartbeat. How about saying and thinking? God willing. And then what about if you include God when you're making your plans? instead of just making them just take a minute simple and remedial as it sounds just ask God what he thinks because we soon realise that as it says in wisdom literature in the Proverbs in a person's heart they make their plans but it is God who determines their steps. The only thing that alters, when you take this on board, the only thing that alters is your attitude. Like, reality doesn't change one bit. It's not, it's not by like, you know what, if I start saying God willing and letting God help my plans and make my plans or now my life is going to become like a mist which is here today and vanishes tomorrow no my life already is like a mist that's here today and vanishes tomorrow I just don't realize it Do you see what I mean when, when we change this it's, it's just our attitude that changes there's nothing else You'll actually be just shifting your mindset. And you know what that's going to do for you? It's actually going to free you up. It's the opposite to what you think it might do. It'll free you right up. It'll liberate you to realizing that God's the author. And you know that God's good. Actually help you a whole lot in a healthy, well-balanced, much less stressful way of future-gazing. A living life. Friends, Jesus always knew that's true. He knew, I mean, he knew that right along. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that he very decisively addressed when he died on a criminal's cross for you. Rescuing you from, from what, the, what the Bible calls, rescuing you from the dark and bringing you into the light Jesus died to give you the opportunity to to do that not to force you to do it you don't have to do it but to accept his provision for us accept his his death on the cross for you allow him then to forgive your sins and surrender to him as the Lord of your life. And, you know, we talk, we talk long about that. And we always have. We always will. It's the best news ever. It's great. But just remember, too, that it's got much wider implications than Jesus dying on the cross to save you from your sin and get you into heaven when you die. Way bigger than that. Eternal life begins when you're saved. You know his beautiful promise, don't you? You you know his beautiful promise that um, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. So when Jesus saves you and you come into relationship with him, It's much bigger than saving you from your sin and getting you into heaven sometime down the track. It is that. But it's also saying, hey, you know what? He's making the plans. And if you can learn to say, God willing, you would live in a whole lot freer and easier. You want to pray with me? Lord, thank you so much. Thank you that, that, that you do make the plans. And I just ask you that you'd help us. I mean, help me. Help all of us. Just, just help us to hold our plans loosely while we're remembering that it's God willing. God willing. Please help us to remember that. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.